It says we're live. There was no countdown. There's normally a countdown. Oh, I'm really excited. My name is Neil Thrussell. We've got Heather in the studio and Sarah in the studio, and we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the myth, the legend. Is there such a thing as life balance, or is it just this mythical creature, much like a unicorn? Stay tuned. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or from wherever you're tuning into, whether it be live replay, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Neil Thrussell from the warm tropics of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, where we made it to minus one Celsius today. <laughs> and I'm really super excited. Uh, to have my wonderful co-host who's just returned back from a phenomenal vacation. Welcome, Sarah. Ah, oh, Neil, it's a pleasure to be with you again. i got to say, three weeks away at night, it was pretty perfect. And unlike your temperatures, I was dealing with a lot more heat. But hey, 36 degrees down Perth doing well. Nice to see you and nice to see our viewers going to be here interacting and of course, our special guest today. We have Heather Strand joining us from Wisconsin. Welcome, Heather. We're going to be talking about unicorns, right? <laughs> I mean, you never know. It, the conversation could go that way. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about weather. So Wisconsin, in as a as a Canadian, I think Wisconsin winters can be terrible as as well as Canadian winters. What's it like in Wisconsin right now? It is 25 degrees right now Fahrenheit. So I don't know what that equates to in Celsius, but. <laughs> 28 degrees Fahrenheit is freezing. So it is below freezing. So it's, it's cool. It's so cold. In your opinion, Heather, is a life balance achievable, possible? Is it myth? Is it legend? Is it as fabled as the unicorns? What? And even more importantly, we'll talk about it, we'll get into it for Christian women later, but for now, generally, this concept of work life, I mean, of life balance, what is it? It's as how I define it as, is as being able to have your personal life and your work life and your self-care all combined into, you know, there's going to be times where you're going to have to do a little bit more in one area than another. The thing is, especially we as a society, we are so like used to going one pendulum one way and doing everything with our work life, where our personal life completely gets, um, suffers. Or we're used to going the other way where we do so much with our personal life 
that our work life suffers and then our self-care suffers too. So it's about, for me, as I describe it to my clients, it's about looking at and maintaining as much as possible, a balance as much as possible. So it's really not 50% work, 50% home life. It's not that exact. It is now 12 hours of work. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Because I mean, that's life. Life is, that's not what life is. It's, it's about finding as much of a balance as possible so that one area is not suffering to the point that you're really having struggles all the time in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does. Like, I'm just a single male. <laughs> <laughs> With a many years of experience and quite a nice balanced life going on, I might add. Yeah. 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 I think many people can relate to what you've just said, Heather. Is it something that um, has dawned on you recently or was the whole concept something you've, you've known about for a while now? It's been more so the last the last few years and I think what it came from for me is I became so overwhelmed and burnt out with the work that I was doing and I realized that my just my personal life was suffering and I wasn't as present as I what I would have liked to have been and so it just really focused it made me focus on the self-discovery of what needs to happen to decrease that, that amount of overwhelm and that anxiety in my day-to-day -day life. Mm, makes sense. So you were, you were in a high stress profession. Um, we, I know cause I interviewed previously in November for a program I did on chase on chasing success. So I knew you were a, a nurse. Do you think if you would have stayed in the profession, just based on your stress level, that you would have been able to maintain your sanity over a long term, and you're you're in a happily in a, in a great marriage right now. Would that have suffered because of the stress? I don't think the marriage. I don't definitely not my marriage. Our my marriage. I have the best husband in the world. <laughs> no offense to all the other husbands. <laughs> Um, my health was suffering. That's, that's what it came down to was my health was suffering. And the kind of the, the last thing that happened was I was off of work for seven months because of vertigo. And I realized because my body was just so overwhelmed and so burnt out and I needed to, something needed to change. So was it a, as an indication, a sign, like, a sign from God, heavens, the universe, whatever, that your life was out of balance, that he that you that you got vertigo? Um I God had been sending me a couple different signs. I'd had some health issues before that. I was in the hospital for five days um, with a whole bunch of stomach issues. And I think that was the first sign. And then there were a couple other signs, and then finally. <laughs> Being off of work for seven months was like, okay, maybe I should listen. <laughs> so, so you didn't get the first niggly little hint and 
apparently you didn't get the second little niggly hint, but you did get the equivalent of the two by four to the side of the head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so me being facetious and silly, so have you learned to pay it? Has it helped you pay attention greater now? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. It, it, when my, I can, I am able to catch things. Normally I'm able to catch things, um, before it gets to the point where I become super overwhelmed. Of course, there's always those times where it just hits you like a ton of bricks out of nowhere. And, you know, there's, um, not a lot you can do, you know, there's not a lot that you can do other than, okay, where are all these bricks coming from? Why, what's, what's causing this, what's causing all of this stress on my body. And it's, it's about listening to your body and, um, just understanding and listening to those little tiny signs where it's like, okay, you're, you're pushing too hard. You're put, you need to back up. And, you know, or, um, okay, it's break time. You can't be working 10 hours straight without a break, which I, which I did all of the time. Mm -hmm. And so it, it definitely is about listening to your body. And that's what I really help my clients do too, is to focus on those little things that you, those little signals that your body's sending you that something's off, something needs to change. Mm -hmm. And I'll add to that too, you know, we, we don't always recognize what's happening in our body. Like if I was to ask you all right now, what does your left knee feel like? You're like, Sarah, I'm not even thinking about my left knee. But now for your attention, you're probably noticing the fabric or the chair or the temperature. So there's so much about our body that we don't notice. What's something that you've noticed with, with your clients or your friends or, or even back when you were nursing when people were coming into the hospital and they were really anxious? that maybe was a symptom they could have picked up on earlier that now you're more aware that you're picking up on? I think a lot of it is um, like pain. Um, you know, pain is our body's signal too that something is off. And so when we're, when our body's sending us pain signals and, you know, the, the stress in the shoulders, that's, that's one mm. of the big ones, you know, that, that, that and migraines and headaches and those kind of things. Yeah, yeah I hear you. And, and one of the things that I learned, I reckon probably about a decade ago, I was, I was struggling with cluster migraines and I was struggling with all sorts of anxieties and stuff. To picking up on the nuances of our body, you know, our ears, for example, you know, who would think to give your ear a massage? Like, Heather, when was the last time you massaged your ears? I, I, what? It's been a very long time now, <laughs> but I do know, it's one of those things that you forget about. Yeah, I mean, literally because of its situation, it's, it's really close to the vagus nerve, it's really close to all sorts of main parts of our body that really do help us to survive and, and, to, and to really thrive in life. So, you know, doing a simple massage of your ears can really help to regulate our body. So it sounds silly. So, you know, you mentioned those big things like your neck, going in and let's all do it together let's just pull on our earlobes like not just on the low part but maybe sort of quarter of the way up on that corner if you just pull down yeah and just move that skin around and it's just that little stretch so you don't have to go and go hard like and, and like really pull your ears around 
but you know, just little movements and there's little nuance spots in our ears and all over our, our face and our body that when we pay attention to, we can release. And things like Heather, you know, you mentioned the migraines and, and the pains in the neck. If you do simple movements and involving your eyes as well, you know, move your hand to the right, move your eye in further, all of these muscles release and it feels amazing. And you're actually really able to reset your vagus nerve, which helps you to deal with all the extra stuff in your life that's causing you stress. And by doing so, your executive functioning your increase and you're like loving life again. So if you haven't already and you're having a bit of a laugh with us pulling out your ears, do it. Try it. Give us a comment. Let us know how you go. Because there's a lot of research that goes into that little ear massage and how amazing it is. Yeah. For I know for me, I always touch my palm a lot. There's something, yeah, there's something about massaging your palm. It's like, and I think for, for, at least for me, when I massage my palm, it's, it, it helps me to focus. I don't know if it's one of those things, like with the ears that relax, that maybe the palm massaging the palm is like, just helps me to helps you to focus. Or maybe it's just the fact of just massaging an area. There's a little bit from well, column A. It's yeah. not like this. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're going in for a converse, a difficult conversation with your husband or your spouse or your partner. Nothing threatening about that look at all. <laughs> so you had, not that uh, Sarah or I could ever uh, relate to, you know, having a big physical cathartic reaction and then taking a while to recover from it but what were some of the tools that you did to help or you use right now to help relieve the stress that you know the life is building up building up what is it that you choose to do um, to help dissipate some of this stress right now I think one of the biggest things for me especially when the stress starts coming up is taking a breath and I know it sounds so simple and everybody's like, it's, that can't be that big of a deal, but it really does make a big difference is just taking that deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth and doing that three times and rolling the shoulders back. And then the other thing is when that strut, when, you know, the, especially like the overwhelm starts, I just stop myself, Heather, stop. What is it that you need to focus on right in this moment to move you forward to whatever your goal is for this day or for this hour or whatever the case may be? And sometimes, and real truly it is a lot of times just having that trigger, that anchor. We talked about that in our mastermind today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> is just having that anchor of okay, stop, take a step, take a breath. What do you need to do? You know, and it's like, um, cause what we we're actually talking about was, um, like when you're feeling unmotivated or un unfocused with doing something is having some kind of anchor track, some, some type of music that you listen to that as soon as you listen to it, you're like, yep. Okay. I'm ready to go type thing. Mm -hmm. Music is wonderful for that. Absolutely agree. Hey, what's your favorite music then? What do you put on to give yourself that lift? I put on either Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Uh -huh. 
Collins, Doug Gonnett. I'm not going to remember the name of his, the name of the song, but it's the one where he has that big drum solo. <laughs> if anybody knows what I'm talking about. In the air tonight, Bill Collins. Yes. Oh. I literally crank that up and I just start going like this and it completely shifts my mood. Oh, wow. And well done, Neil, for picking up on like of all the songs. That was the one. Like, got there. Yeah. Wow. I thought we were going to have to give give a call to Garrett, Gavin Sorachan, our previous guest. He's a drummer. Like, who are we going to ask? No, Neil's got it covered or good. Neil, do you have a favorite song that, that brings you up? Yeah, you have, you have to remember that I'm a little older than you. And in my one of my incarnations in when I was. 18 to like 21 I was I actually owned a, di a mobile disc jockey outfit so I would play things so uh, play for parties and weddings and this sort of thing. even with this squeaky little voice I would uh, do these things and Phil Collins this song was very popular at the time makes sense I love that I'm still learning about you this is wonderful <laughs> <laughs> You learn something new every day. <laughs> right? It's yeah, I, I remember growing up and my mom would listen to Pavarotti quite a bit. You know, there's a lot of oomph in that voice and you don't have to understand the language, you know, to get the passion that he puts through, right? Like any opera, you feel that passion. And I think it's great that everyone all around the world has that opportunity to be passionate and to connect with that one piece or several pieces of music that put them in whatever state they want to be in. Amazing situation. Neil. One of the interesting things about music is if you take all the lyrics out and it doesn't matter what country you're in, if they're the movie, I mean, the music is intended to uplift and that's what they're, they're, they're the thing is that without language, and whatever instrument they're playing, it, it crosses culture. It 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 moves you. It's like it's. I think it just gets right into the soul and just like here, have some soul energy. And and at any age too. Yeah, I remember um, when I was studying art therapy, I I had a newborn, and my teacher put on this song for our class to draw. Like, I don't know if anyone here's ever drawn music. It's another really amazing way to calm down if you haven't already. Try drawing some music. Again, let me know. Send me a DM. Love to hear and see what you've done. Anyway, my, my newborn was in the room with people ranged mostly in their 30s, a lot of 20-year-olds and, and 56-year-olds. Even people who'd retired were in this class. And we all had this visceral response to music including my newborn who welled up in tears because it was so emotional and it's this beautiful way that we can connect with music and again please put on a song dance around have fun and if you draw it please send me a picture of what you draw i'd love to see that <laughs> yeah absolutely so what's so do you meditate do you use meditation heather I do. I do use meditation. Um, I use a visualization app called Envision. It's amazing. It has, it has things for goal setting, for financial goals, for overwhelm anxiety, like any, anything that you can think of. It has a meditation and visualization for it. And yes, that is, I can tell 
if I don't do it. The other thing that I've actually just started doing is um, when I'm in the shower, I turn the, the knob to cold, to freezing cold. And I say, I say, as I'm standing there, I am committed. I am congruent. I am unstoppable. I believe in me. And I say those four things five times while I'm standing there with the cold water washing over me. What have you noticed in your body? You go from one to the other. How would you describe that? Oh, wow. That's a great question, Sarah. I don't know how I could even describe it. I can tell you, I can tell if I haven't done it for a couple of days. Because right. my state isn't definitely is not as good. Yeah. But te technically speaking, what happens when you put your face in the cold water is you instigate the mammalian dive response, which is back from many, many thousands of years ago when our ancestors were in the water. All mammals have it as soon as our noses touch the water. It, it changes our state, gets us ready to dive. And by doing so, by doing you know the, the Wim Hof method and, and putting your head in the shower and doing these sorts of things, what really you're doing is slowing your heart rate down by instigating this mammalian response. It's absolutely brilliant. And I love the addition that you've added these these beautiful um, sayings to go with it. What a wonderful way to affirm what you want. Yeah. Um, Have you guys tried the Wim Hof method? I'm assuming Neil has. Yes. Heather? I, I have not. No, you won't catch me jumping in ice either. But hey, there's so many other things that we can do. Heather, what's another way that you um, you share with your clients perhaps what what could help them if, if they were struggling with their anxiety? Um. Oh gosh, some more ways. Put you on the spot. I know. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Okay. What are you thinking, Heather? I'll, I'll um, help you out. I, when what overwhelmed as the male in me for the, the those that uh, that I need solitude and alone, I can just um, either with music or without music go into a dark room, my favorite cup of coffee, and just be absolute silent. So I can yeah. just the world can go away. Or I can use a candle meditation. I can just focus on the the the, the, the and stare at the candle, or I can turn whatever music I have a a, a CD of music that I work. There's a particular breath pattern that I work for an hour, and turn it so that the neighbors know that I'm listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just in like so. Some of them are. My techniques are just to get me grounded, to let the world, and other is to uh, let the world just, like some of my uh, my uh, uh, breath CD is to let the world into me and then just exhale it and shrug it all off. And oh, well, back to you. I've, I've helped you out here, Heather. You did. <laughs> you did. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate that. One thing I definitely have them do is journaling. I have yeah. them. I have them do a lot of journaling and, you know, a lot of my clients suffer from post-traumatic stress. And a lot of times it's holding on to that anger to those people who 
hurt us very, very deeply. And so a lot of times what I will have my clients do is I will have them write a letter to that person. They usually, some of them send it nine times out of 10, they don't send it. But what it does is it gets all of those angry, frustrated, sad emotions that are stuck in here and it gets them out into the universe. And when you get it out of here and out into the universe, there's more room in here for more positivity and for more loving, self-loving thoughts. And so that is one big thing that I have them do and they find it very, very beneficial. I suspect strongly that there's an art therapy in here that it's probably to help people, especially with PTSD and the tactile, like plaster scene probably works, Play-Doh probably works wonderful. Or I suspect your crayons. Yeah, um, actually you 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 can see a reel of mine that I, I released on all, all platforms and I'll send the link in, but there's something called bilateral drawing. Bilateral drawing is literally when you're using two hands at once. So you, you, it, there's no rhyme or reason. You don't have to make a specific pattern, shape, object, person, whatever. It's you don't literally have to stay in the lines. No, nah, dude, I got you. Like, see how this is all behind you? It's literally just paint thrown, right? This is a similar technique. Like, that's a great way to get your stuff out to just throw it out. It's absolutely brilliant. However, bilateral drawing by using these two parts. And especially if you like move your body from side to side in this beautiful rhythmic pattern, like along with your heartbeat, this bilateral drawing actually activates similar things to that which you're uh, um, vocally that Heather's just spoken about, but it's in a different part of your body, so that it it releases all your stuff in two sides of your brain. Hence, the bilateral, but also you know it, re it releases it reduces your cortisol response, which obviously is related to stress. So there's this very much research about you know different ways that we can reduce our stress i want to add i was somebody who used to think i could do i've done everything i've tried everything you know and nothing would help and i'm wondering if, if you guys can relate to that whether it's yourself you've seen it in somebody else or or maybe even a movie and you've just seen it you're like i tried everything i give up but i promise you in this world there is so so much we don't know to reach out and, and try something new. Like I mentioned before, pulling your ears, like no one on the panel has pulled their ears, at least for a long time. And I'm curious if you, the viewer, could try something like that or bilateral drawing or journaling or meditating with a candle and many other tips that you'll be able to, to research yourself or find from these amazing coaches that you see on your screen before you. I'm curious to know, what is your tip? Drop it in the comments below because if we can share the love, we can help more people. And isn't that an amazing thing to do? Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I tell my clients is allow those emotions to get out. You know, so many, I think so many times we focus on, I can't cry. I've got to be stoic. I've got to be strong. I've got, you know, and again, when we don't let those emotions out, we, it's going to eat, it's eventually going to eat us alive and it's going to cause those health issues and all of those other struggles. And I tell my clients, you know, if, if you are struggling and you need to cry, 
go cry, go spend five, 10 minutes and just let it out. If you're angry and you need to get that anger out, go punch, go take a pillow and just punch it and just get that anger out. Because sometimes you just, all you need is you just need that release. And once you have that release, the, the calmness that's after it is just, it's just, it's so good. And there's multiple ways that we can release, you know, we, we are both seeing and speaking to each other right now. Yeah, I'm hearing you. Yeah, I'm not tasting you. We're too far away to do that. Maybe that's another time, another place situation. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but we have different senses, you know. So things like leaves, you know, leaves are beautiful to look at. You know? We can listen to them at different times of the year. We hear them crunching under our feet or under our hands if we lift them up and put them next to our ear. You know, there's so much said for jumping in leaves. You remember as a kid how much fun it was to jump in a pile of leaves and just throw it up? Why do we stop that as adults, guys? Have fun. Use those senses. We've got yeah. five. Use all five. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see my live video one day where I was just like walking in the leaves and I just, I, I love the smell. I love the crunch. I love, you know, I love the sound, just everything about them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I did a few months ago. Yeah. No, go for it. I think um, we've probably all done a live about leaves because they're just so beautiful. I'm wearing feathers on my top and I find that watching the feather as it flows through the air is quite magnificent too. You know, doesn't matter where it is, you know, it can be really mindful in the moment and concentrate on breath or air or, or wind, you know, depending on the situation. It's, you know, it's something movement that we can't see, but we know is there. Mm-hmm. And we can center ourselves with so many things. Yeah. I think you may said that, I think uh, Sarah said the magic word. To help in the tech, the tips and techniques in in constructive de-stressing techniques, or the concentrate. She used the word concentrate, and and when you concentrate on something other than the crap that's pouring down on you and causing you this stress, even temporarily, will help alleviate it. Mm-hmm. And I posted here and asked for. What's your constructive ways to de-stress? Because there's <laughs> so many destructive ways, and we're not here to encourage destructive behaviors. We're even yeah. though I love my coffee, there's there is an, an amount of coffee that begins to be destructive to the body. So there's beverages of choice that are constructive to have water. There's things that you can do that are constructive as opposed to destructive. So we're all coaches here and we want the best for you. So we do not want you and do not condone any destructive behaviors. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're in the destructive behavior part, we'd love to reach out, reach out to one of us, any one of us, and we'd love to help you through this. So changing gears ever so slightly. So when we when we talked that you your your niche, Heather, you chose to work with uh with Christian woman. And 
was that just you woke up one day and said, no, I, I, I see a need because there's, you relate to some of the Christian women or you, or how was it that you came to say, no, I really want to help Christian women? Um, I think for whatever, for whatever reason, maybe God, the universe, I was attracting Christian women more so. And so that's when I just decided to change my niche to Christian women. Um, I'm very strong in my faith. I, um, I enjoy my faith and I also understand that faith and Christ, you know, God and the universe, it's different for everybody. Like for some people, it means going to church, going to an organized church, right? For some people going out into nature is their church, you know? And so that is what I really like. I try and and relay too is church is different for everybody. God is different for everybody. You know, just because one person believes one thing doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. It's just how they believe. And um, so, yeah, I just, I, I, I just embrace the Christian, the Christian women. That's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's from a place of curiosity because we all need a niche. We all, to be able to support fully and to be able to help, you know, it doesn't mean you can't help other people. It's just, yeah. So what are the, some of the things that you love helping people with? If you could truly pick, what is it you that you get the most excited about helping people with? Not about them getting excited, but what really gets you out of bed, if you could help 20 people in a row with, what would it be? I think just having a more positive mindset and seeing these women go from, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy to crushing their goals, crushing their dreams, getting down to what's really holding them back working through all of that post-traumatic stress and getting them to understand how their past relates to where they are at now in life. I had one client the other day who um, is having a lot of anxiety issues and it turns out, and she didn't even realize some of the stuff that she's struggling with stems from some stuff that happened in her childhood with her parents and until we talk through that a little bit, she never even, it never even dawned on her, made her think about it. So now, now that we've worked through that, she's going to be writing a letter to them to release some of that stress and some of those emotions. And she's feeling so much better after it. And it just, it, oh, it just warms my heart to see them go from just complete stress and overwhelm and not having any time in the day and not having any time for themselves to go to crushing their goals, making that time for themselves and still having all of that, the same amount of time for their family. That was a very long winded answer. Wasn't it? <laughs> Perfect. I think, yeah, one thing that people can feel like, you know, to go from, I can't to, I can, it feels like this huge, 
huge thing. Like, how can I do that? It's like jumping from ground floor to the top of a high-rise building, you know. What what would be, I mean, I can think of a word that starts with C and ends with ud that helps people to get from that lowest floor to the top floor. How do you help people to bridge that gap from can't to can? One step at a time, one day at a time. It is, and I I reiterate this to my clients all the time. It's about three steps forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back. Nothing, there's no such thing as perfect. So it's releasing that perfectionism and allowing yourself to be perfectly imperfect. I love that. Hey, it turns out it's perfectly imperfect clock right now. How good is that? <laughs> like, release it. Let's all release it. Wouldn't that be wonderful? What a choice. And when everything, when you, I think one of the biggest lessons to learn is that it's all perfect. And as soon as you let go of that, it's that it, life is a choice and we can choose how we react to all the things we don't like them, but we begin to choose how we do it. And there is only now, there's only now I make a choice and there's only now I don't like that choice. Well, there's only now to make it better. There's only now to change it. There's only now. And when we, I stop looking back there and comparing myself to you know how good I was and how fast I was and in shape I was and or or whatever life becomes for me perfect or and in and more joyful for me I think something you've both alluded to there was expectations right you know those expectations can be an absolute pain if we have expectations that don't suit us now as Neil pointed out you know only now it's important so if you need to change those expectations do it it could be the key what a key it's releasing the expectations and just allowing yourself to be in the moment without any expectations Beautiful thing to experience, Neil. Yeah. So, in ten years from now, all of your clients, what would you love and envision for them? Ten years from now, you whatever client you're working with now, whatever the most difficult, obstinate, stubborn, opinionated <laughs> client you have right now. What was your dream and wish for them in 10 years? I would dream and wish that they are living the life that they have always wanted to live. Beautiful. Thank you. Anything you would love to add to it, Sarah? Or is there anything? Is there is like that's to me a complete statement, but is there anything? I think I, I think over all of the years of the different therapies and coaching and all the modalities that I've used with people, the one thing that's been really clear is that if, if you're intrinsically happy, it doesn't matter about the rest. You've kind of got this force field, this bubble around you that stops all the negative 
yucky stuff from coming in. And so if you're intrinsically happy or confident, intrinsic, you know, that you have that sense of self, that makes all the difference. So, yeah, I would say enhancing that sense of self and know that it's okay if I ask you, you know, how are you, who are you, and if you just say Sarah Wade, well, if I said Sarah Wade, well, no, that's my name. That's not who I am. You know, I'm a mum, but that's not who I am. I'm a coach, but that's not who I am. You know, go deeper. Put yourself in the mirror and you'll know. You might well up in tears and that's okay. All right? You know, I'm sure everybody in this panel has had that experience. You're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're having that deep conversation with self. So if you as the viewer haven't as yet tried that, I wonder what you'll experience. And again, let us know, you know. We're giving you tips to a lot today. So if any of these are helping you, please let us know and share the love so that other people try them too or remind it that, hey, that actually worked for me a while ago. That could be useful now. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, as a journaler, are you a free-form journaler? You just sit down and go, and it just comes out? Or you go, okay, for the month of... Um, January, I'm going to really look at whatever. I it, honestly, Neil, honestly, it depends on the day. Like there's some days where I just, I, I have a list of questions and I just journal about what those questions are based on. And other days it's, I have some stuff that I just need to get out of here and on paper. And so I just journal about that. And yeah, and I think it, I, again, I think it's different for everybody. Some people are more just freestyle, do whatever. And some people do have to have a more, more set questions to allow them to think a little more deeply. Do you have a, a journal that you give away to your clients or, or people who are interested in it, uh, Heather? I have um, journal prompts. I have a Google Doc that has journal prompts on it that I give to my clients. Nice. Perfect. I love that. And I think just those simple prompts can really make a huge difference. So if you're interested in some of Heather's prompts, please do reach out to her. I'm sure she would absolutely love to share it. I'm sure that her details are going to be going across the screen pretty soon, or they will be soon, or you can just click on her name and send her a DM. <laughs> Neil knows that I do a different style of journaling. I, I have a, a journal called Art and Transformations. And I ask people not to use words, Heather. You know, I think we've spoken about this a few times today. We're using different parts of our brain here. So when I ask people to journal, I ask people to journal with who would have thought, you know, their extended arm and, you know, a crayon or a pen or something. And one of the amazing things you can do is journaling with, like, the weather report. Yeah, it's a really interesting way. How was your day? You know, we've both seen the weather, right? You know, we both know what sunny looks like or, hey, if it's cloudy with sun behind or if it's thunderstorms or lightning. Sometimes if you are lacking in energy, if you learn spoons or if you're just for one reason or another, the simple act of journaling just by drawing, you know, a cloud with some rain coming out of it can be a huge difference and can really help you to shift and Hey, if you spend more time drawing that cloud and really getting some, some details into it and looking into it, what does this actually mean? You know, it doesn't mean anything, maybe, maybe not, but it's a beautiful way of getting getting it out of your body. So, again, like like Heather's got that prompt, I do have an Artful Transformations journal. If you would like it, reach out and I will happily give it to you. 
And it's interesting, three, three, three coaches, three different approaches. I'm a memoir. So I want you to write your story. If you're, if you're infatuated and completely in love, you've met the love of your life, then I ask you to write the story of it. Ooh. And, and, then, and then write the experiences as an author, as, as what does it feel, taste, what are the experiences? What's your body doing? And draw me in as the story. And it, by doing that, it triggers so many other senses because you have to pay back to the five senses. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I do. So that yeah, that's odd. I love, I, yeah. I did what Sarah said. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it's amazing when you're angry and I'm going to swear, when you're really pissed at the world and you're writing it, it's amazing how creative you can be. Because I'll say, okay, so now you're a terrorist and you want to blow up the world. Well, tell me how you're going to blow up the world. And they go crazy. And then it's dissipated because it's on paper. And you can look into things like, you know, who was the enemy in that situation by externalizing it and really get into the story. And, you know, metaphors and so much can come out in all these ways. They are beautiful things to experience. Also could be very teary. And, again, that's okay. Absolutely. Okay. All three ways. Because you have mm -hmm. to do in order, in order, like mine would be the last step in the journaling process, because you have to recognize and be able to put into words through mm. what Heather is saying. You have to be able to say, I am in love, I am in anger. And then with, with Sarah's process, you have to be able to express anger or, or love in colors as an experience before you could ever put it down. And it becomes, so it's all of these, which is, it's just, I love the synchronicity of what we're just experiencing here. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Well. Oh, well, we <laughs> she's off to go. She's she's really crying because it just touched her so much. What we're doing here, <laughs> frog jumped in my throat. Oh, this frog is coming up. I need to go and find some paper so I can release it. I need to get some leaves on me. No, I'm good. <laughs> um, I'm looking at her time. Okay, we're still we're still re we're still good. So we have these, this, um, you're helping Christian women and it's definitely not the far right conservative Christian woman because <laughs> of your beautiful acceptance and your openness to accept the definition of Christianity. Um, so what are some of the tools that you help this niche with? So you've mentioned journaling, you've mentioned a, 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 a Google Doc that you. What are so if you were to gather a, a group of women together, what what is it that you like to do to to help them in, in a group? Um, I like to help them in a group, I like to help them start a conversation so that they can see and understand that they are not alone. 
I think so many times we struggle and we struggle in silence. And when they are in the group together that they can see that there's a lot of people in my same boat and I'm not alone. And just, and having that community to help each other to, um, you know, grow, grow even more and grow and, and uh, just have that community and have that togetherness even more. And that's so powerful, just as a general statement. Men are far more prone to suicide and and because we feel alone and it's it's not true. If we if I as a man be I'm willing to be vulnerable and go and ask, do the craziest thing and ask for help. And all three of us coaches would say, please. Don't suffer in silence. Reach out. Like, we may not be your perfect coach, mentor, but we know hundreds of people that could be. (laughs) And we would sooner have you reach out to us and it not be a fit, but we know someone and we know that you're being served and looked after well. That's what we want. Straight to your friends. Yeah, I'm sure your friends would much rather you reach out at 3 a.m. than be the pallbearer at your funeral. Oh, Sarah. Wow. That hits at home, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. With coaching, one of the things that I learned was that I had to put a, my, my phone, my notifications on silent because I was always such a giver. You know, when I first started coaching, I would answer the phone at 3am because I thought someone needs me to the reason I reached out and I burnt out. You know, it was a huge realisation for me that, yeah, I can help and I do help quite a bit, but I'm at it too and I need sleep and I can't continue to help others. I can't help myself, you know. You can't pour from an empty bucket. No. Is sleep something that you guys see um, problematic in those who come to you for coaching? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because they have such a t- hard time shutting their brains off. Mm-hmm. So many of my clients just have a hard time shutting their brains off because they are in so much overwhelm and they just don't know how to handle that. And they're so used to, because I, you know, you, us as a society, we're just, we're taught that multitasking is, is the way to go. And multitasking for certain, it, it can be beneficial for certain things, but the majority of things, if you don't do that focused time, you're, you're not going to get much done. So I, and I think that's a lot of the sleep issue is people lay down at night and they're like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And that's one thing. I, another thing I have my clients do is I have them do, it's called a brain dump, where they just write down all of the stuff that they need to do. And then they mark them number one, number two, number three. Those are your three top priorities. And those are the three things you focus on. Number one, you get that one done. You focus on number two, you get that done. You focus on number three, and then you move on to the next three most important. And you just keep working down that list. So just to clarify and back it up a bit, I, I, you did say, you know, people are laying down in bed and these are all their thoughts. 
would you suggest that they brain dump in bed or would you suggest that they pop out out of the room going to a different spot whether it be a chair desk or whatever to dissociate sleep and bed and thinking in bed i it, I think it's different for everybody. I think for some people, if they try and do it in bed, um, it's going to keep them awake. I think for some people, if they actually get up and do it and then try and go back to bed, it's going to keep them awake. So I think it's different for everybody. For me personally, I'll just take my, if I think of something, I'll just take my phone, put it in my phone real quick and then, and then put it away. So mm -hmm. then I know that um come morning i don't have to think about it anymore because i've got it written down and you've lightened that mental load excellent yeah. and and a lot of times i'll tell them you know a half hour before you go to bed just sit down and think of all of the stuff that you need to do with the next morning take 10 minutes do that brain dump so that when when you do lay down you're less likely to have to start thinking about all those things and you're more likely to be able to shut your brain down mm. And, and I, I absolutely want to add there's a lot of research that backs up what Heather said and also to think about the things that you do want because we like, let's say we break down sleep to being eight hours a day. If you're thinking about all the negative stuff, then unfortunately your subconscious thinks about all the negative for eight hours and that can contribute to you having a really poor sleep. And you wake up, you know, you've felt like you've already done all the work and you're exhausted. So yeah, brain dump, absolutely. But also brain dump the things that you want so that your brain will take in this and mull that over overnight. So whether you remember your dreams or not, your brain, your hippocampus, everything is working together for your benefit. So that when you wake up the next morning, it's figured out something. Hey, maybe try this or hey, did you think of that? Or hey, just slow down and rest. Your body just wants you to rest right now. Yeah, so true. Yeah. And one piece I'd like just to add to that is before you're going to bed, ditch the screen time, the blue lights mm -hmm. and uh, of the, your computers, your movies, ditch this, the technology. And it will actually, if you can get out of technology an hour, at least an hour before bed, you're, you are doing yourself much better. You're much better off than two minutes before bedtime, staring at the blue screen of death and then going, okay, you know, I, I'm guilty of it because I, I can fall asleep easy, but so many people and we dump on, we were, Heather, I mean, Heather's niche is, is Christian women. One of the things that society does to women is gives them the caretaker role so things dump on them things dump on them and things dump on them and they take responsibility whether it's cultural or whether it's their internalizing but women carry for whatever reason or no no blame here more, a more sense of they have to do more do things in the world when us guys can go yeah okay tonight tomorrow we'll deal with it <laughs> it's interesting too because hormonally we need that more sleep to we, women need more sleep to help with the executive functioning of everything that neil's just mentioned so technically guys can get away with six or seven hours sleep a day whereas women ideally you know eight or nine hours a day because they are dealing with that extra stuff and our bodies comes down to our hormones when women deal with our stuff by producing our hormones when we sleep men on the other hand as you know 
comes from a different part of your body and it's easily to produce and you can produce it very quickly. Women need to store that energy up, that hormone, to be able to help themselves the rest of the day. So, again, if you're having broken sleep, this is contributing to your lack of being able to function, let alone multitask. Yeah. Hey, Heather, we've been on the journey today, right? We've been on all sorts of adventures. We haven't yet spoken about unicorns. Is there a unicorn? Is there something? Is there, like, something poignant that we've yet to touch on that you'd love to share with the audience? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's about a unicorn. I think it's <laughs> personal preference, just like Santa is each personal preference. <laughs> oh, what I would love to tell the audience is, you know, you if you believe, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And always listen with your heart because mm. your heart is going to show you the way. And um, when you listen with your heart, you will achieve anything that you set out to do. Oh, that's a bit beautiful. Neil? I believe in unicorns and Santa Claus. I believe in the magic of the world because when you believe it, that's when you will see it. And mm -hmm. I love the mystical nature and the wonder and the whimsical nature. And I love the beauty of the world. And I want to see the mystical, the whimsical and the beauty of the world. And I hope in your life, you get to truly see and drink in the beauty of the world. Oh, wonderful. So good. So good. Uh -huh. Anyone else getting like chills and like <laughs> the <Yeah>. warm fuzzies? <laughs> yeah. oh, Mr. Neil Russell, what a great human you are. Heather Strand, another amazing human and a very special guest for today. We appreciate you and everything that you've shared, and no doubt your amazing clients think wonders of you and the techniques that you're sharing with them. Again, if you would like anything from Heather that she's spoken about today, whether it be to work with her directly or if you're interested in her journal prompts or just having a chat, I'm very sure Heather would welcome that chat. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see what you ended up drawing, right? <laughs> Get that music on and send me that picture. I'd love to see what that drawing looks like and how you, you know, taking your ears help, whatever you picked up on today, if that works for you, it would be so beneficial, so, so beneficial for other people if you would share what works for you, those things that really make a difference for you or you saw make a difference in your best friend or your wife or your sister or whomever. Share the love. Let's create uplifting conversations that really do set your heart on fire and Bring in that warm, fuzzy feeling, you know, that we just had a moment ago. Bring it into your daily life. Imagine the possibilities, right? Thank you, guys. This has been amazing. Thank you. And we will see you all next time. We will. See? Design a life.